You are listening to the Revolutionary Force in Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Ring Scoops podcast. I'm the webmaster Wade Native Join with Mac of all, and it's been quite a while since Mac and I have done a show together. And uh, Mac, man, a lot of stuff has gone down the last couple of months, bro. But how have you been, man? Uh, I've been good, busy. Um, blessed to be uh, busy, um, a good busy. And, uh, you know, there's definitely been um, watching the shows, and, you know, it's, it's uh, we, we're, right in the middle of July. So it should be interesting. I think this is a pivotal moment for the wrestling business um, going into this uh, this weekend, I really do. Oh, definitely, definitely. This weekend, this Sunday, is the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Yeah, on the Peacock, cock, Peacock Network. Uh, it's gonna be at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, marking it the, the first WWE pay-per-view outside of the state of Florida since elimination chamber in march of 2020 dude wow it's a long time very long time and uh as of this last monday um we are now going to be uh, out of the thunderdome era uh before we jump into the pay-per-view just real quick um what are some of your favorite moments of the thunderdome era because i know a lot of people are like 50 50 about it like you know either you hate it or you love it i have not seen much in between for me was that first wrestlemania um you know i know they tried to i remember the triple h announcement and you know there were you know when it very first started if you look at the production value um they had literally a bunch of empty chairs and lights on the empty chairs and then they took the chairs away and then they took the, you know, put a barricade up. Like they did a lot of things to make it not visible from the very first show until the last show to make it seem as if there's some type of activity or life in that building. So I give them props for that. The one thing that, like I said, stands out to me is the WrestleMania two night event because for the first time ever, this was a situation where number one, WrestleMania was postponed Number two, WrestleMania was going to be taking place without fans. And number three, WrestleMania was going to be on two nights. So going into it, it was like, what do you expect? How's it going to look? How's it going to feel? Are we going to enjoy ourselves? And this was like the first time in a while with all that negativity that was going on during that time period in the world um, that you were able to sit back and relax for a couple of days and just have your mind escape and watch something. So for me, definitely, it was uh, WrestleMania night one and night two. What about for you? Um, yeah, I like the early pandemic uh, broadcasts where they were at the uh, Performance Center. I like how they done up the arenas and whatnot um, around SummerSlam when they introduced the Thunderdome. I I fell in love with the Thunderdome right away. I thought it was something that I wish they they would have had for that wrestlemania that year but it's kind of cool you know wrestlemania with uh with, with nothing around really except for those empty chairs that you said you know that 
it, and without having ambiance of the of a crowd, which we eventually started to get, you know, with the, like the Thunderdome, again, the canned heat and whatnot. Um, that WrestleMania was interesting, but when they brought in the Thunderdome and they were starting to able to, to do some of the special effects, and I think the Thunderdome was perfect for characters like the Fiend and Bray Wyatt. Um, I think his character hit its peak with the Thunderdome. Um, it's just, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and of course, at that same time, Roman Reigns came back. And Roman Reigns has had the best run as a top champion since, God, mate, I don't know, maybe JBL in 2004? I mean, Roman Reigns is like on top of his game. He's the MVP of the pandemic era of WWE, in my opinion. And uh, so, yeah, the, the introduction of the Thunderdome and Roman Reigns uh, run uh, and the rise of Bobby Lashley. Those three things right there. That's that's my that's my holy trinity of the pandemic era, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. There was a lot of there was a lot of moments and, you know, you really could see who understood the business of professional wrestling with all the bells and whistles taken away. And a lot of emphasis on in-ring product was the focus point for the whole pandemic era. Because yeah. they're really, you know, you really couldn't play off the crowd um, at all. Um, I really like what they did with Roman Reigns' character because if you think about when he had the matches, those matches with um, uh, Jey Uso um, and they're, them putting a mic close in the middle of the ring and having Roman just, you feel all the smack talk going on during that match. That would never have happened with fans there. No. So that was, that was great. But, you know, it, it, it's going to be weird. It's funny because when WrestleMania happened earlier this year, it was weird seeing fans there and hearing fans there. So yeah. it's going to be very, very weird to see, number one, a full house. Um, I don't think there's any restrictions, are there? Is, is there an emphasis on wearing masks where they don't have to wear a mask or anything like that? Do you, do you know about that? Considering it's going to be in Texas, I'm assuming it's, uh, mask you know, <laughs> no no limits, right. <laughs> especially, especially in Fort Worth. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, yeah, so it's just going to be like a regular, you know, regular day at the office. So, Business as usual, right? No pandemic right. ever happens. <laughs> right, exa exactly, exactly. So. There you go. You think Ted? You think Ted Cruz would be there? <laughs> um, if Vince McMahon, if I put it like this, if Trump was still in office, I would think that Trump would be there, Ted Cruz would be there, <laughs> um, because you know Linda McMahon. And again, this is not a you know political conversation, but I'm just saying it based off the fact that Linda McMahon was a part of uh, Trump's administration. She was the head of the Small Business Administration, so I'm very yeah. sure that they would have been there. He may still pop up. I don't know. I mean, it, Texas, Texas is, um, you know, very Trump friendly. So he was at the UFC event um, this past weekend. And, and they said that he got a, a depending on we, what media outlet you listen to, uh, some or maybe what section you're sitting in, some people are saying <laughs> they got a huge response and some people are saying it was mixed. So, yeah. There you go. It's funny you're bringing up Linda McMahon. Uh, she was probably the, uh, the least talked about cabinet member. And uh, the one of the most uh, longevity running members of his cabinet that 
kind of you know she she fit the the part she didn't really get herself into too much uh, controversy during those years and uh well, there you go to her credit right if, yeah, if we she, can even say it that way and from a business perspective um you know there's a lot of programs that were presented um for small businesses under the trump administration to try to give businesses um funding doesn't mean yeah. it's easier uh, to get funding, but um, there was more opportunities and more of a clearer roadmap um, under the Trump administration for that because he was a businessman. So, um, you know, again, it's not a political conversation. These are just, you know, these are just facts. You can look them up. Yeah. All right. So this Sunday, Money in the Bank, uh, Dickey's Arena, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, it's like, like we said earlier, it's going to be the first pay-per-view for the WWE outside of the state of florida since march of 2020 um it's gonna be in full in front of a uh, hopefully a full paid audience uh according to this run sheet that i got and we're recording this on a wednesday ladies and gentlemen so if you're if you listen to this after friday whatever happens on smackdown which is going to have a, a live crowd which they're going to be there's going to be surprises there's going to be some stuff that's going to happen it's going to change this card let's face facts um, but we're recording this on a Wednesday. It is 3.21 p.m. Pacific Standard Time as of this recording. Uh, there's six matches on the card. Uh, first one is AJ Styles and Omas, the Raw Tag Team Champions, defending against Eric and Ivar, the Viking Raiders. Mac, your thoughts on this one? Um, I think we've kind of ran the course that we needed to with AJ and Omas, um, I don't really think that um, AJ being in the tag team division is a good utilization of AJ Styles. Um, so I, I think they dropped the, the straps of the Viking Warriors. Um, and they're the Viking Warriors, right? They call them right, right? Viking Raiders? Raiders. Oh, wait, listen. Always get their names wrong <laughs> because they're changing so much. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah. I, Just imagine I, the pop the Viking Raiders would get at SummerSlam in Las Vegas in the Raiders Stadium. Yeah. I, well, that's another very good reason they could come out in that Raiders gear. I, I did not think about that. They come out in the whole with the whole um, shoulder pads. They might even be able to come out with some of the members of the Raiders team with them. Right. So I think the Viking Raiders, I think that, um, you know, it's time for them to, you know, get the straps and, and you know, they, they're really the only tag team in the WWE that I still see as a legitimate tag team. So if you're going to build a division, then the best way to do it is on the backs of a legitimate tag team that's been that since they debuted. I totally agree with you. I mean, and more, more than just their run in WWE too, but like the accomplishments they had outside of WWE before they got there, like with the fans, there's credibility there. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not as critical with AJ being in the tag team division during this time. I, I, I look at it this way. Um, AJ Styles in the tag team division, not having done as much as if he was in the singles run, uh, he's still in the mix. He's got a championship to keep him kind of red hot since WrestleMania. 
but he also kind of gets to take a little bit of time off without having to take TV time off. He's got an easier schedule. So by the time that like they drop the belts and they want to do something with uh, AJ, um, he'll be well rested. He'll still be on TV. He doesn't lose momentum. So, I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it, but I'm with you with the Viking Raiders. I think it's time well-deserved that these guys get a tag team run. And if, if they want to incorporate something with Viking Raiders and the Las Vegas Raiders at was it Allegiant stadium in Vegas for SummerSlam, I think that's, great synergy i think you'll get a huge pop for the team and that that could be an espn moment right there yeah i just and just to piggyback off of the aj styles thing you know raw right now is it's is lacking star power seriously lacking star power um drew mcintyre they ran him into the ground uh they're going to be doing you know the the, the seeds are planted for a jinder mahal feud um there's after after you talk about Drew McIntyre, you know, if Strowman was still employed, which I think, and you guys and and I've done a lot of predictions on these shows and I've been been pretty right on on them. I think Strowman's gonna come back. I think Strowman's gonna come back either um, during um, these this upcoming. SmackDown, or I think he'll come back during the week, sometime over the weekend. I think he'll be back. I think Strowman, Braun Strowman, will be back. They need star power, and AJ Styles is a great star. It just does not look like. I mean, the fact that they had to take this Coffee Kingston thing, and we'll get to that later, and make him look like a star again, this shows me that they need star power because they just don't have it. So. Um, AJ could very well fit in that role, but you know, it, it, I, I do agree with saving his body and stuff like that. We're, we're having live fans now, live events again, so I think now would be the time to get him back to the scene. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so I think we're yeah we're both with uh, Viking Raiders in this match. That's uh, I think that's going to be an easy. Easy pick right there. I think AJ was going to be the one to take the pin too. Um, because he could bounce back from it. Omas, like, I, yeah, you got to save this guy taking a loss like that. Um, all right, next match. Let's, let's just get this kind of out of the way. Um, the Raw Women's Championship match, Rhea Ripley defends against Charlotte Flair. Uh, Mac, I'll let you lead off with this one. Um, it's bad because it's kind of a double negative, especially especially for, for Wade. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, for, for I see Rhea Ripley uh, winning because really there's there's really no reason for Charlotte to pick up the strap. I mean, it's we've done this a million times already with her. Um, she's good for the women's division to try to elevate other women and turning them into a star. But at some point, like you have to be in a storyline that's not involving the title. And having Rhea Ripley lose again to Charlotte um, in front of people is, is not going to help anything. And I'm not saying that she lost before. I mean, she lost at WrestleMania at the one-on-one match, which I thought was the match of the night 
when they had their first one-on-one match um, during the pandemic. Actual era. match, actual yeah. match, right? Because the, the, I mean, we come on, we that biker match with AJ and Undertaker, that was like moment of the night. Right, right. But that, yeah. that, that in ring, the selling that Rhea Ripley did on her leg was legendary. Like, and if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and look at that match. She sold that leg like old school, Mr. Perfect almost selling something. Like she did a fantastic job selling the leg. But I think Rhea Ripley wins. Uh, she needs to win to add some credibility to her character and uh, to make the, the title that mean that much more once it's finally dropped to somebody. So I'm, I'm gonna go with Rhea Ripley. Um, yeah, looking back at that match that they had last year at WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, um, that was definitely a, a that was a good match. Um, it just sucks that there was no crowd there to see it live and get reactions out of that. It kind of sucks that there wasn't even any canned heat to go with that because I think that right there kind of took away from a little bit for, for me from the match, but still phenomenal match. One of the rare times I was actually like very impressed with Rhea Ripley. Um, there's magic between those two, Rhea and Charlotte. I, I, I just, Rhea Ripley's not my cup of tea as, as you know, for sure. Um, Charlotte Flair, definitely. I, I don't want to see her with another title. I just wish that remember years ago, Remember when, like, I think it was like during a SmackDown taping, there was a women's match. Remember when Vince McMahon came out, the report came out, Vince McMahon came out like two minutes into it, grabbed a live mic and said, this ain't working. Get out of the ring. Let's get the next match. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish that that would happen in this match. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'll joke. It's a joke, guys. There's going to be some nutbag out there listening and be like, I'm going to send him a death threat now. I'm going to dox this guy. Um, I'm just joking. Uh, God, I. Yeah, no, but I, but I get what you're saying is that it has nothing to do with the talent. Even though you don't personally like Rhea Ripley, she can work. Um, I don't. I'm just not. It, her matches just don't do it for me. I mean, she Charlotte can, Charlotte she Flair is like hit or miss for me too. Yeah, I mean, she Rhea Ripley can work. I think if you put her in the, she works better with with, in my opinion, with people that are smaller than her. Same with Charlotte. Yeah, Char, Charlotte. Um, can put on great matches where she can utilize where she's utilizing her strength where she's the strength component of the match she puts on great matches like that yeah um, but when you have both chicks who are powerhouses they just just doesn't mesh it's just like when they had the matches with drew mcintyre and randy orton great great workers but together none of their matches i like none of them yeah they, they didn't click didn't, they just didn't click the two big guys are used to being the big quote-unquote powerhouses in the matches and it just it just didn't work it just didn't work so you know it's just like the first goldberg and brock right that just didn't work either right and then they found out okay we can't make this match long we you know we gotta hit the high spots fast like they they really booked it around their strengths which paul Heyman's been doing since his days in ecw that's how you yeah. a guy like Mike Austin look like he's seven feet tall, but he really wasn't. Yeah, so, yeah. So he spiked Dudley into you know a WWE contract because of all the bumps and stuff that he took. So he was very masterful at, at working around uh, talent that uh, didn't necessarily have 
you know, uh, a great in-ring prowess. I mean, look at what he did with the Sandman. Look what he did with the late Greg Jack. You know, yep. um, th those are the, and, and, and I did say great. I'm not talking about him personally. I'm talking about his character in the ring. Yeah. Um, so, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to like, I, I'm, no, I'm not taking anything away from any of their technical skills. I'm talking more of like a personal entertainment. You know, like you go, you can go in a movie theater, you can watch a movie. It, it, whether you personally click with the movie or not is going to be different than the person sitting next to you. It's like you know fast. I mean? It's like Fast and the Furious, right? Um, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Fast and the Furious. Um, the reason why is is just like it is extreme fantasy, um, especially with this last one. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> I saw on the commercial, it was funny. It was a clip on Instagram, and it was a guy saying, "What is Fast and the Furious doing?" And literally, they had on the clip on the commercial, Vin Diesel was on top of the car, another car swung into him, and he caught it like a baseball. He, oh, caught wow. the, he caught the car. So, and they were like, what is it, what they had going on with Fast and Furious? So, um, I don't, I, I didn't like the, there was a time period in Hollywood where they had the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon type movies. Yep. I was just not a fan of those. I just don't like those. It doesn't mean that they're not good uh, talent and, and all of that. We just don't, I didn't like it. So the same thing, I understand what you say about uh, Rhea Ripley and, um, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Um. I, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Charlotte. No, um, not Charlotte. Uh, Rhea. I'll go with Rhea. Um. From. From the concept and idea of wanting to build a brand new star, and somebody that does have uh, a look and a performance uh, skill set that clicks with a a large portion of the audience from that standpoint with personal feelings and personal opinions and entertainment aside Rhea Ripley has to win this match mm -hmm. Charlotte Flair has been around for quite some time Rhea Ripley uh, this is her second run uh, trying to make a name for herself a little bit on the main roster I would actually you know I probably wouldn't even consider it the second it should be the first she had mainstream run last year going into wrestlemania that was about it but she didn't really do much but her main run here now officially on the raw roster Rhea has to win this match if you want to keep making new stars and keep them going until they're ready to help create the next crop after that Rhea's right, got to win this match right and it's and it's unfortunate that they really fumbled the opportunity with Shayna Baszler if you would have gave Shayna Baszler the time, I mean, they made her as dominant as you possibly could be going into WrestleMania. Um, oh, last year? Yes, and they built yeah. her up wonderfully, and Vince just never liked it. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's what he would say. I don't get it. And a lot of the guys that Heyman was pushing, um, and, and, and we'll move on with the show because I want to you know, get off topic here, but a lot of the guys that Heyman was, was pushing, Aleister Black, uh, Humberto Carrillo, um, uh, Andrade, um, Murphy, um, who else was he pushing during that time period? Like, a, like, you know, a lot of the current AEW uh, stars uh, nowadays, right? Uh, <laughs> Apollo, Apollo Cruz. Uh, dude, don't even get started. I, I love his run on SmackDown. I don't care what anybody says. I just, I love the character, love the act. It's great shit. Yeah, I, I don't like it, but it's for a lot of reasons. <laughs> 
But um, yeah. but um, everyone that he was pushing to try to make Raw uh, sustainable for the next prop in the next five, 10 years was derailed. And a lot of those people were fired. And Shayna Baszler, Baszler was one of those people that Heyman was pushing and was pushing and pushing and pushing and, and most at, at, as much as he possibly could. I mean, think about this. She made a debut and she freaking bit the neck of of of, of um, Becky Lynch. That's yeah. how she made her debut. Like talking about a memorable debut and an instant like, whoa, what just happened? So <laughs> so they did all they could, Heyman did, to try to make her the star. And she would have been perfect right now to have in a match with Rhea Ripley. Shayna Baszler under that push against Rhea Ripley is something that I would want to see more. Even Rhea Ripley, I'm sorry, uh, Shayna Baszler and Charlotte is something I would want to see more than what they have going on right now that they completely do with it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think the only actor in the Heyman running Raw era that never really lost anything after Heyman was taken, you know, the book was taken from him. I think the Street Profits, I think, are the only ones that didn't lose any momentum. Because he was really pushing them too on Raw. I think, yeah, and he, you know, he got them to where they are, but on SmackDown, they were off TV right now. So, well, yeah, but I mean, that's just recently. But like, you think of what they've done over the last year. Like, they did some fucking phenomenal work. Yeah. And they, they're, they're one of the reasons why um, Otis and uh, um, Tucker. No, not Tucker. Tucker fired. Um, Oh, I thought you were talking about like in the past. Oh no, no, right now. Um, Gable. Gable. Mm -hmm. uh, Chad Gable and Otis, the uh, Alpha Academy. Street Profits are like one of the reasons why these guys are over as much as they are right now because they sold so well for Otis. They're off of TV. Otis is this big wrecking machine up and coming. The video packages for Otis, like this guy's gonna be a star. Yeah. This, They're this, doing some magical this, stuff with this guy. This push and him changing his look and his hair and all that, this is going to lead into a very successful singles career. They did yeah. a great job with him, making him believable. As And, and it's just beginning. So I really wish they would have brought up, um, oh my goodness, what is that chick that just won the tag team? The, the, the NXT women's tag team titles. Um, I forgot her name. Blonde hair. Oh, man. One of with the, I think, Moshirai, I think. Uh, Moshirai. I can't, I don't remember her name. But I know who you're talking about. I, I, I don't watch enough NXT to remember a lot of the new people's names right now. I'm trying uh, Zoe Stark. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Zoe Stark. I think she would be great adding them to the academy, adding her to the academy. Just, yeah? Just her, yeah, just her look. Her look, like huh? her, her background is like um, powerlifting. Yeah. So just her look, I think, would be great to add her to the academy. But let's move on with the card because we'll, we'll, listen, this is what we always do. We're trying to be more. <laughs> we're structured today. Well, yeah, you know, it's all good though, because I mean, we're still talking shop. So, 
Um, all right, next match. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's. Uh, I want to keep the two money in the banks for like the the last part. So let's go with the start with the te- uh, with the with the world title matches. Uh, WWE Championship match: Bobby Lashley with MVP versus Kofi Kingston with Xavier Woods. And what a, what a moment for Bobby Lashley this last week on Raw, man. Yes, yes. I think that for the first time. Um, in a long time, they finally get Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Bobby Lashley, to me, had his best run in TNA. And the reason why he had his best run is because they used his real life. They used his training. They used the MMA factor. He cut promos the way that he talks. Like, that, that scene him like this makes me think Lesnar could be on the horizon because having him booked like the way that he was and to have that character go against Lesnar that wasn't going to work that was not going to work but having him like the only way this works is if he destroys Coffee Kingston this has to be a Lesnar versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam type situation yeah. he has to run through Coffee Kingston in order for this to work, this is my opinion. They should open the pay-per-view with this match. They should. Yeah. Like, just imagine, like, remember how they opened up WrestleMania two years ago when Brock and Heyman came out right at the very beginning and said, look, if he's not in the main event, then we're just going to get paid and get out of here. Right. Like, right. they should do something similar to that. Bobby Lashley should come out and be like, look, I'm not in the mood. I'm just going to get this done and over with. So I go, you know, I get my money. I'm getting out of here and just have them run through. I know there's going to be a lot of people who be, if they did that, they're going to be so pissed. They're going to be like, ah, oh my God, they just recreated Brock and Kofi. You know, who cares, man? With all due respect to Kofi, you know, people that understand the business would not have a problem if Kofi got ran over this Sunday. If you understand the business, you understand character development, you understand that stuff. Kofi Kingston is not the main character in this story. He's a side character. Bobby Lashley is the main guy. I saw on Twitter the other day, somebody had talked about uh, this whole thing with Bobby Lashley. And it, it made me think of um, screenwriting and a process behind screenwriting and storytelling. You have 10 plot points one of the plot points number seven is your lowest point right the character main character's lowest point that you can't get any worse than what happened and bobby lashley hit that on monday night the next point is going to be the regroup like in star wars the regroup was literally a regroup it was a meeting the rebels got back together and everything right Mm -hmm. so the regroup on this the meeting is going to be bobby lashley's celebration on monday night raw He's going to be after his lowest point. He's back on top. He's regrouped. And that leads into the ninth plot point, which is the climax. That's going to be SummerSlam. That's going to be Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And then number 10, we're going to get into what they call in France, the denouement, the resolution. We're going to find out what happens after that. Probably maybe maybe another rematch next month. But the, the point is Bobby Lashley has met every poor, every piece of criteria and the most basic foundations of how to tell a story the 10 plot points he's at number seven right now the lowest point we're going into the regroup the victory 
and Monday Night Raw. I, you you laid that together perfectly. Um, but let's 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 talk about um, for those who are Disney fans and and watch Marvel. Let's <laughs> let's let's talk about a different variant. Okay, let's talk about a different multiverse. Right. Um, what if? What if? Lesnar's not coming late. What if? Just, let's just say that. And okay. what if? They need to have a main event for SummerSlam on the Raw side, but John Cena is going to be penciled in for Roman Reigns. Yep. Edge is being penciled in for Seth Rollins. What do you do with Lashley if Lesnar's not coming? What if MVP? turned on Lashley because of what Lashley said to him mm. and aligned himself with a heel Kofi Kingston who then turns on Xavier Woods. What if we have Kofi Kingston on Monday Night Raw come out in a suit, no smiles, dark sunglasses, and we do the whole I'm not going to say anything gimmick. Like a while back, you know, when Jericho debuted, he was going to say something. I think they did that for a few weeks and he didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. He'd come yeah. out with a mic and then just leave. <laughs> right. Right. Do something like what they want him to explain himself. I think they did that with Seth Rollins too for a while when he had turned on the, on the shield. Yeah. Um, and then he finally talked. Have that happen for a while. Have it be a situation where Coffee Kingston turned his back on the New Day, turned his back on basically the fans, and everything that MVP was saying is right. Yeah, he has not had another title opportunity. Yeah, he um, is being you know ridiculed and not made inventing. Yeah, I saw what you did for his career, and I wanted it. Being the nice guy has got me last. So what if that happened? And then now we have a face Bobby Lashley against the heel coffee Kingston at SummerSlam. And we have no idea what's going to happen. We don't know if coffee is going to drop the strap right back to, to Lashley. We don't know if Lashley's going to win. We don't know anything. What if that's the direction we take? That'd be interesting. And I, I'm not going to lie. When you first started laying the scenario out, I was getting excited because I thought you were going to push for Bobby Lashley versus MVP at SummerSlam. No, only because, and there's no disrespect to MVP, his best years in the ring are kind of behind him. He's not really good at, he's another guy that, since he's a step slower in the ring, yeah. You need somebody like Ricochet. Like kind of it's kind of like the old school Shawn Michaels book, right? Shawn Michaels faced Vader, Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Sid, Shawn Michaels versus Kevin Nash. Kevin yeah. Nash said it himself. He said, Listen, working with Shawn was easy because he he did all the work. Uh -huh. He was bumping for me like crazy. He was he was creating motion for me. Yeah. You know, so if you have MVP in that type of situation where 
you know, somebody's creating motion for him, then that's a great match. Like um, if you had him facing Xavier Woods or something, Xavier can create that motion. That's a great match. But yeah. him against Bobby Lashley, I don't think – I think that down the line that could be something where it's like he finally gets his hands on MVP. But just imagine MVP rebuilds the Hurt business. But this time you have um, Coffee Kingston as the leader, and we broke up AJ Styles and, 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 and Osmos, or whatever the name is, um, and had him as like the heavy with Coffee mm. Kingston. Okay. So I I think that would that would number one catch everyone off guard, be all over the internet. We would see if Kingston can pull off the heel because I don't think he's been a heel in his entire career. And when he was a heel when the New Day debuted, he was like one of those smiley faces. No, yeah, smi- yeah. no smiles, no nothing. Just very monotone, very... I want him to be almost like a, 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 a cocky UFC fighter. Let me, let me ask you this. Were you ever a fan of Paul London? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, he's like, yeah, you're just like very anti-smile right now. I was just kind of curious, like, what your take in on Paul London was. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> no, I, I, I like, I like that idea. MVP, Kofi, and Omas. That's a hell of a look right there. Would you keep it as a trio, or would you find a fourth? I would bring somebody else in. Um, I don't know who that somebody else would be, but I you know you know what here's something they can do, um, and it would kind of it would almost kind of be like what they did back in the day with like the nation when they had like you know crush was like the token white guy right, um, you bring in um, uh, what's his name uh, the Archer of Infamy or uh, what's what's his name. That's bad. I don't know his name either. Uh, the guy that the, he, he was with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah I know he's talking about. Hi, Jesus. Maybe we shouldn't bring him in. I can't remember his name. Ah, crap. But no, I, I you know maybe have him as part of that group. Damian Priest. I had to look it up. Yeah, Damian Priest. I you know he he actually would benefit from being in a group like that. The big I, dude. I think that if you had um. Keith Lee in a group like that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, you want my bank account number? <laughs> Coffee, <laughs> Coffee Kingston, Keith Lee, almost an MVP. And that, yeah. visual, and that visual of everybody in, in sharp suits and MVP saying, this is the new hurt business. Yeah. And I'd be you, down for that. And then you have, you know, Xavier Woods teaming up with with Lashley, like it always makes money when the heel seems unstoppable and the baby face is chasing. Yeah, it oh, yeah. always makes money. A heel scared champion never really makes money. I repeat, not uh, not, uh, not not with a world title, with the secondary no, works. No, no, not with a world title because. Back in the day, they would use those tactics because they were trying to prolong towards the next pay-per-view or the next count. That's why you would have a heel champion, 
having these tactics, oh, it ended in a no DQ. Okay, well, now we're going to have house show circuits of these guys wrestling each other. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't work anymore. You got to have them feel dominant and unbeatable, like what they're doing with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, at first, they were pushing that he needed help, but then he had matches where he didn't. When you face Cesaro, he needed no help. You beat him, you beat him cleanly. Let me ask you this. The, the, what they're doing with Roman right now on SmackDown, right? This whole run, the character, everything. Do you think this whole act, if you were able to take this act and go back 20 years and show this like Vince Russo and say, put this on Raw and, and say they put it on Raw, would this act with Roman Reigns have gotten over in the Attitude Era? Absolutely. You know why? Why? Because, because this is the Godfather. The Roman Reigns character, and, and and the reason I know this, Godfather is one of my favorite movies of all time. They have um, in the Godfather, they have um, the head of the family, and they have the consigliatore. Uh-huh. And the consigliatore was um, the right hand man was the lawyer of the um, of the family of the Cor- Corleone family. Yeah. So he would do the bidding of whatever the head of the family wanted. In this, in, in this case, Roman Reigns is the head of the family. The consigliatore is Paul Heyman. If you look at the old Godfather movies, this is the Godfather. And because this is the Godfather, I think Russo would love it. Yeah. It would have been great. If, can you imagine if they would have done this with like Rikishi back in the day? If this, when Rikishi turned heel, if he would have done this and went after The Rock, mm-hmm. like that, dude, it, Rikishi would have been a main man. Yeah. 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 Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry to get sidetracked on. I just, it, when, you, when you mentioned Roman there briefly, like I just thought about that. Like what era? Would this have worked as well as other than just today? But attitude, I think this this act would have worked in every era, the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. If you if you look, by the way, the consigliatore was played by Robert Duvall. Oh, yeah. great actor! And he and he played um, his character was Tom Hagen. Huh. And Tom Hagen was not a part of the actual. He was not bloodborne into the family. He was not Italian. So he what couldn't be a made man then. But what he no, but what he was is he was a friend of his family. Yeah. And what he did is the Godfather um, paid him to go to school to become a lawyer. So he became a lawyer for the family on the Godfather. It's uh-huh. the parallels there are the it's the same thing. The way even the camera angles when he's sitting at the chair and then he comes, Paul Heyman comes and whispers to him, um, uh, 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 what was he called? Um, My chief, um, my chief, uh, I'm going to get the brothers, but I just wanted to know, uh, is it okay if I uh, get in the ring? No, bring me to me, bring me to me. That's the Godfather. Yeah. As is wonderful. So 
the thing about the Godfather movies is that the exact way that this is happening right now is exactly how the movies were. It wasn't, if they do this like the movie, like when The Rock comes in and eventually has that match against Roman, if they do this like the movies, it's going to be the greatest storyline ever because they have a blueprint. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And you know what? That's that's one plus side to having Hollywood writers on the creative team is you don't necessarily have to just be a wrestling guy to book wrestling. I, I don't I don't agree with that mentality. If you're a storyteller, you're a storyteller. And what is wrestling? Storytelling. You don't yes. have to be in the business to be able to tell a good story. Yes. Yes. And it's very it's very right on. So it, 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 it's very interesting what they're doing, and I look forward to it. But I guess since we were talking about um, we were talking about Lashley and Coffee, we never gave a prediction. So I'm predicting um, Lashley wins that match. It'd be cool if they did a Coffee thing. I doubt they are, but I'm along with Lashley. I'm with you on that one. I'm I'm going to go with Lashley as well. Um, I know this. All right, this this match was supposed to take place at the pay per view, but Bailey got injured. It's supposed to be Bianca Belair versus Bailey, but they uh, they replaced Bailey with Carmella. But this is not going to be on the pay per view. It's going to be on SmackDown this coming Friday. Uh, since there's really no story behind this, but it was originally supposed to be a pay per view match. I guess we could just kind of. I just I Bianca Belair is going to win the match. That's my oh. prediction. I don't know why they were even booking it to be Bailey anyway against Bianca Belair. They had a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, that's the end of it. Well, it was uh, what was the supposed to be um, that if uh, if Bailey lost, she would leave SmackDown, right? Or no, she said that if she lost, that she was going to just completely leave the business. I think that was her verbiage. Well, whatever direction they were going in. We didn't need I to see quit this match. Again. Yeah, we didn't need to see this again. Um, yeah. We saw it. It had a very good opener at Gallon in the Cell. And then that's it. You know, Bailey, yeah. you know, they're doing this. They were doing this whole comedic heel. Um, doesn't really work for her to me. Um, the ding dong hello thing was not really getting over to me. Um, so I, I don't know what they were doing, but. Uh, I'm very sorry that she got hurt and injured right when, you know, the fans are coming back. So, Bianca Belair, I don't know who you face, who you bring in, you know, what you do, but um, that is not going to be her partner moving forward, Carmella, within these next few months. Um, So, I'm going to have to agree with, um, well, I don't even know if you pick anybody, but I'm just going to say that Bianca's gonna win it. I I think um I think it would be kind of smart for them in the next couple months to kind of go with Bianca Belair and Zelina Vega. Yeah, Zel- yeah. Zelina, yeah, Zelina, um there's some background there. Um if you remember the whole Street Profits um and Andrade and uh, what's the other guy's name? They that was the other guy that Heyman was pushing too hard. Um, Hector, was the name Hector? No, you're. I, wow. Yeah, Hector. Got, wow. Holy Jesus. crap, man. W, WCW's calling. <laughs> Angel Garza. 
Yeah, Angel Garza. <laughs> party, party boy with the ripoff pants. Yeah, Angel Garza. They, <laughs> he, was, he was really pushing Angel Garza and Andrade hard with Selena Vega. He was really pushing them. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely go with uh, Selena Vega and Bianca Belair. With Selena Vega actually standing a chance against Bianca, Bianca Belair because their matches in the past were just squashers. Yep. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, up next, we got the Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns defending against Edge. And this is... Uh, it's interesting. I, I, you know what? 30, 40 days ago, if you would have asked me, like, yo, what's Roman going to do in Money in the Bank? I'd have no idea. Him and Edge would have been the last on my bingo card. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it. And I'm not necessarily upset with it, even though they had, you know, the triple threat match at WrestleMania. Love to see a one-on-one match between these two guys. Um, I think Edge is, is, I mean, Roman's already a made man, but I think Edge is going to really solidify that because Edge is a big name. He's a Hall of Famer. He's well-loved. Roman's going to whoop his ass. Roman Reigns is going to win this match. And Edge is going to be one of the last things on this run that's going to be like, Next level. There you go, Roman. Right. That makes perfect sense to bring Cena in because Cena, um, you would think, has a chance. Cena, yeah. can cut, Cena can cut a promo that will make you think that he's going to win no matter what. Well, remember four years ago? What's that? When Roman and uh, Cena went at it for that pay-per-view and, and Cena pretty much said, yo, I'm here to get you to that next level. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, I remember that whole feat because the thing is that he really pushed Roman on the mic. Yeah. He really pushed him on the mic, and that was his, during that time period, his best mic work. Yep. He really pushed him because I think on one of the promos, uh, John Cena said, if you're going to be the top guy and push the microphone, you're going to have to learn how to work one of these. And then throws yeah. the mic at him and then leaves. So, I, you know, they had a very good feud. They had a very good match. And Cena is believable enough, I think, that he could beat Roman Reigns. It's believable enough. He can cut those, those type of promos. It can be that type of match where you think that he could beat Roman Reigns. Yep. They can always leak something out to the dirt sheet that will Cena will spin around a while. And he could, he could work around his movie schedule as the champion. Like they can really create seeds of doubt. Okay. Yeah. Or, or they can even tease the thing instead of the movie schedule thing, add on top of that, say, uh, you know, John Cena could be like, Hey, you know, I'm tied with flair. Wouldn't be a bad notch in the belt to maybe, you know, beat his record. Right. Right. There's a lot of direction they can go, but I think that to make edge look strong, because the last time we saw edge he was being, he was at the bottom of a, of a pile. <laughs> being <pinched. laughs> So, so I think they're going to make him look as strong as possible. I think yeah. Seth, Seth Rollins. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Seth Rollins wins the Money in the Bank uh, match, cashes in during that match, and just he cashes in like maybe when Edge is doing a spear him or something like that, spear Roman Reigns, and then mm-hmm. he, you know, he comes. Um, in and, and they fight each other off and you know edge is laid out Roman Reigns is laid out Seth Rollins 
gives a briefcase to cash to cash it in. Um, as he goes into the ring and the bell rings, then he goes through the curb stomp. When he goes through the curb stomp, Edge ducks, bounces off ropes, boom, spear on Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins picks the title on the outside of the ring. Edge gets up, boom, spear on Edge. One, two, three, Roman retains. I like, I like that. I like that. I was also thinking of a scenario too at the same time. And it involves a lot of the same moves. Um, double down, Rollins comes out, cashes in, goes for the curb stop on Edge. As he's up in the air, Roman gets up, spears Rollins, pins him. As they're going, you know, to the end of the show before Face of Black, Roman looks down and says, I saw that five years ago. You ain't getting me tonight with it or something like that. Because remember when he did that at WrestleMania? The only reason why I don't want Roman Reigns touching Seth Rollins is because that's a money match down the line. Yeah. I don't want them to physically touch each other. Not yet. Okay. We can tease and tease and tease, but that's a money match. I don't want them to have any interaction with each other yet. That's the only reason I I, I laid it out that way. Okay. No, I, I get you. I get you. But I think that, I mean, automatically you have a built-in build built storyline now with Edge and Seth Rollins. Ed, you got something for down the road. That if Edge were to ever get another match with Roman, um, you'd have to book something where nobody can get involved. Edge could say, look, this is like, I'm getting tired of this. I want a one-on-one -on -one match, no interference. Like, I keep getting screwed. People keep getting involved. Right. You, you, know, never, beat, you, never, beat, you never beat me one-on-one -on -one because you can't yeah. beat me one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, exactly. And that could be like Royal Rumble. Right, Exactly. Exactly. And they finally, yeah. yeah, and he finally puts Edge to rest, and then that's when that's when the Rock comes in. Well, the next pay per view is in Texas, right? I mean, not, not, I'm sorry, not next pay per view. Next, it is in Texas. Funny enough, yeah, Money Bank is the next WrestleMania is in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they would do that. They would do that now. Yeah, but can you keep Roman that hot for another year? Um, he's going to drop the strap eventually to somebody. Who would that be? I don't know. Um, <sighs> but I, don't, I, I, want, I want The Rock to be the guy to do it. Yeah, he would have to drop the strap eventually um, to somebody. It'd have to be Cena then, right? Um, and that's the I thing. Mean, it, that's the it, thing. Do you think that it could be Cena? Yeah, but I mean, like, if, if, or, or if Roman... Have, or you can have finally Edge versus Roman Reigns finally one-on-one. You could put a special stimulate stimulation, uh, a special stipulation on the match at WrestleMania, like a last man. Like, have you ever had a last man standing match at WrestleMania for the world title? Oh, uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Right. So for the first time ever, Edge versus Roman Reigns in a last man standing match for the world championship. Now I know Roman Reigns had a match, um, a last man standing match. Kevin Owens for the IC title. Well, I, what they had, they had a match with at the Royal Rumble, right? Last man standing uh, before the pandemic started. Yeah, but then they have, they had a match at WrestleMania. I thought. Um, back when was this? I got to look this up. 
thought it was for the IC title. Roman and, and KO? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that happening at WrestleMania. I think Roman, like, when he was finally on his own, because uh, the Shield broke up in 2014, and he started main event in WrestleMania 2015 against Brock. And then 2016 is when uh, – what did he have a match with 2016? Was it The Undertaker? No, that was 2017. When was that WrestleMania that they were at a baseball stadium and they were fighting on top of a dugout? Fighting on top of a dugout? Uh, was that – that was Royal Rumble 2018. Was that, was that the Royal Rumble? Yeah, Royal Rumble 2018, I know, was at a baseball field where, like, the entrance was, like, coming out of the dugout. Because I remember watching that at – no, that was 2019. My bad. Because I remember watching that at Dave & Buster's. I think that was the night – the same night that Zeus, uh, Tom Lister, was uh, was there at the Dave & Buster's. That's when I got in trouble for uh, <laughs> for streaming and talking about all the movies that were coming out. That unfortunately didn't happen. Huh? That unfortunately didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, nah, I don't remember Roman KO at WrestleMania. I think 2016 KO and Jericho. No, that was 2017. I think it's. Huh? I'm trying to look now because it's gonna bug me. What what a direction this went in. <laughs> no, right? Yeah. yeah. KO's got like more more talked about him on this episode than ever before between us. Right. Which I mean don't get me wrong, I like Kevin Owens, but let's just say I like him. That match that him and Sammy had last week on SmackDown, though, that was a good match. Actually, last man standing. I actually did not see that match. Oof. I'd, I'd recommend it before this coming SmackDown, bro. That was that was a really good match. The finish was really good. Yeah, I, I probably won't watch it. And the only reason why I probably won't watch it is because the match that they had with each other um, on the pay-per-view with the Helmet Celtics again, the what? The match that they have with each other at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Yeah. That would it's very hard to beat that match. That was some great storytelling. Yeah. Well, those two guys always bring it when they get in the ring with each other and they got time. They definitely bring it. But that Absolutely. last man standing match was for for I, the Thunderdome. Can we call that an empty arena match? Like honestly, it was an empty arena match, right? Because nobody was like physically in attendance. So that I think. I think that was a better empty arena match than the Rock and Mankind had was the last man standing match they had on SmackDown this week. Well, yeah. But then again, I mean, a lot of standards have changed in the last 20, 22 years too. Right. Yeah. And and definitely the in-ring style of business has changed. Yeah. But I mean, given the circumstances and the style of today's society and wrestling, like that was, that was a top notch match they had. Yes. That should have been on paper. That should have been at Money in the Bank. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anyway, uh, I we both think Roman Reigns winning this match, right? For sure. Yeah. 
Okay. All right, let's move on to the – we got the Money in the Bank matches next. Uh, let's go with the uh, the women's Money in the Bank. Uh, we've got Asuka. We've got Naomi. We've got Alexa Bliss. We've got Nikki Ash, which I love the, the gimmick. Uh, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalia, and we still got one spot open, and we've got one SmackDown left before the pay-per-view. There's been a lot of rumors, a lot of people talking that it might be Becky Lynch. I think it's too early. What do you think? Um, to thrust her into a ladder match immediately, and to put him, put, put him, put her in that situation. <laughs> the man. <laughs> yeah, to put her in that situation immediately. Um. I don't think it's wise because if she loses the money in the bank ladder match, then where else do you go? Yeah. Um, I don't want to see Becky Lynch on SmackDown. I just don't. I know they're going to put her on SmackDown because her husband is on SmackDown. But I don't want to see her against Bianca Belair because they're not going to say, Bianca Belair, you're going to win the match. We're trying to build her Bianca Belair as a legitimate star. And we can't do that if we have her against Becky Lynch still pass. It's the same thing with Rhea and Charlotte. Yeah. Actually, it's even worse because the thing is, is they really are behind Bianca Belair. Look at, look at what they did. They gave her and, and um, Sasha the main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. A one-on-one, too, and not even a triple threat. One-on-one, right, which they did an amazing job. And I had a lot of criticism on the show that I talked about how they have to be very, very careful because of what happened last time. And if this failed, that they wouldn't be comfortable with having women close the show. And nothing to do with the fact that they're women. It's just as it could have been two black guys. The thinking is, okay, if we did this with these type of genders or these type of nationalities or these type of gimmicks or these type of characters, and it failed one time, and then we're going to do it again, and it failed again, then let's not have that mixture ever again. That's just how entertainment business is. Well, I mean, look back at 92. They did Hogan and Flair and house shows and said, this isn't good enough. They they they. They didn't do Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania, which would, it could have been a piece of shit in the ring. It would have drew. Absolutely. They, they, they said no. So it's definitely not a gender thing. It's not a nationality thing. If they said no to Hogan and Flair in the early 90s, and I mean, that speaks volumes. Right. So they have to put that into account um, when, when you know, I, I mentioned that. So all, all I'm saying is that at the end of the day, um, they had a great match. Bianca Belair, they've, they've had her all over media. They just won the ESPY award for uh, the top moment in sports or something like that. I don't know if it was in sports or women. I don't know what it was, but they won an award yeah. um, for that moment at WrestleMania. Um, so, like, there's really nothing that would derail it more than a big lunch comeback. <laughs> Plus, they're baby faces. You can't, come on, man. Baby face versus baby face. Right. So, I don't think that you know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with if I if I had to pick a winner. Um, I think Zelina Vega is the only legitimate choice to be the winner. 
Um, she can talk. I think she can work. I haven't seen a lot of her in-room work, but I think she can work. Um, from what I'm hearing, she can. So there's no, a logical choice would be her, but it's the WWE we're talking about. They're going to give it to Alexa. Give it to who? Alexa Bliss. That's, that's my pick to win. I, considering the circumstances and, and the logic of how they book and ah, throw in my bias of being a huge mark for her, uh, I would love to see Alexa Bliss win this. I think uh, it'd be kind of interesting to see what they can do with that character and the effects and the playground and stuff and you throw in a money in the bank thing in there. I just feel like this character is like every teenage boy's fantasy <laughs> for Alexa Bliss. I just really do. I just don't think that this is not, this character sucks. It's nothing without the theme. They had her coming up with the doll and they said, you know, this is ridiculous. Let's just ditch the doll. They haven't mentioned the doll or anything since. Since that whole debacle with Shayna Baszler, everybody laughed at all. They haven't mentioned the doll. Yeah, and it's funny because they made those to sell and they sold out and they're, and they're still not using on TV. Right, because it's stupid. Yeah. Her, her laughing every single week. <laughs> oh, I like your name. Take your name. Like, come on. Listen, she is way too talented as the heel little Miss Twisted Bliss to be in a character like this. This character is for people who don't have character. Yeah. This is what that character's for. She has charisma, she has character, she has everything you need to be a champion. And she was multiple time champion on Raw and SmackDown. So we don't need, we don't need this gimmick for her. But they keep trying to push it down our throats and I don't understand why. Here's, here's something I just thought of. What if, what if this was the reason why uh, Nikki Cross is now doing the character she wants what if she pitched the idea of this superhero thing is going to be the reason why down the road alexa bliss gets back to her original self because remember they were best friends everybody kept thinking oh my god alexa bliss is going to turn on her you're going to turn on her well she did turn on her but not in the way that everybody thought because she did this whole character change it wasn't you know the goddess alexa bliss that turned on nikki cross it was the, her joining up with the fiend that turned her but what if nikki cross nikki ash whatever you want to call her her sole purpose as wanting to be a superhero is to get her friend back i i still don't like it <laughs> only because <laughs> only because this alexa bliss thing has not done anything what how is the since she's been this character by herself this wrestlemania what if she what has she done to push the women's division nothing Every match she has is like there's some new wrinkle that she has. Oh, she can hypnotize people. Oh, she hypnotized Reggie. Oh, she hypnotized Nia Jax. Oh, she made Shayna Baszler scared. Like, what is, what is it that we're doing? Because they, they're, not, they're no longer the women's tag team champions. So what is it that we're doing with her character three? Yeah. There's nothing that we're doing that makes any sense with Alexa Bliss and this character. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, 
all bias aside from me being such a mark for Alexa Bliss, I mean, the, the, the character definitely has not been as good since WrestleMania. I right. will admit that. I'd be the first one to admit that. Um, I do wish that she would kind of go back to the original Alexa Bliss. I think it, it is a, a huge, with especially with fans coming back, huge missed opportunity to utilize her in front of a live crowd the same way they did years ago. Uh, her 2017 first half of 2018 run I think was some of the best stuff that she produced in the ring. She was, uh, up, she, she was up there with Charlotte Flair. Yeah, oh yeah. Think about it. If you think about that time period, it was her and Charlotte as the two top women. Like they were they were back to back. They were I think Alexa Bliss was a head on championship even at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alexa so, Bliss was the first one to have uh to have won the Raw and the SmackDown titles, right? Right, right. So she she had a higher title count at that time than Charlotte. Then she got injured, and ever since they got she got injured, they really have babied her in the ring. Like I have not seen her in a legitimate match like she did back in the day since her injury. Remember they were doing the moment of bliss, and then they did the thing with Strowman, and 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 you know she hasn't really. Had, then they put her in a tag team with uh, um, Nia Jax, and then they turn around and put on put her later in a tag team with Mickey Cross. So they're doing all these things to protect her um, because they don't want her to get hurt again. I'm guessing because she really hasn't been in any serious 25 minute singles one on one match with near falls like she used to be. Yeah. Uh, since her injury, so. Having her with the theme made a lot of sense because at that point, then you could have branched her off into this character because her character is a direct branch off from the theme. Yeah. Everything to the gloves, to her movements, to the music, to the playhouse. That, like, come on, man. So she's too good of a talent to be in, in this type of a gimmick that goes nowhere. And then you have her do these personal appearances, which you, you, you did a personal appearance with her, virtual one. And, yeah, virtual meet and greet back at WrestleMania. Right, and she's Alexa Bliss. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not, it's not like I'm in character, I'm the Undertaker. See, that's, that's why I like her recent cameos that she's been doing for people because she's in full character on the set do like cutting promos on cameo as the character i if she would have been doing that for the virtual meet and greets that would have been a different story but i i definitely see where you're going with that it's it's weird seeing two sides of it you know right so um they're going to get rid of straps i mean eventually that's where they're going because the, the women's division on raw is really nothing going on there and i'm smacking really nothing going on there. i did a show on the sean show um where um, and it, it should be up sometime this week. Check it out, guys. Um, where I talk about how the WWE no longer has excuses. They were saying for the long time that they were using this period as a branch to get to live audiences. So now we're going to be at the live audiences. So now we can't use this excuse anymore. We have to put up a shut up. We have to put in, put out great programming. Otherwise, there's no reason to even tune in. So AEW never said that. 
they always said that they were putting on the best stuff. You know, Tony Khan said that his show was bad, better than WrestleMania. Like he always put his best foot forward, but the WWE has basically said, hey, fans come back. There's going to be a new set for Raw, a new set for SmackDown, new digital effects and stuff. That's what Stephanie McMahon said. Um, I'm glad that we're not doing the shuffle of announcers anymore. I think we all have the correct announcers for the correct shows. And it's going to be, you know, now there's now and ever. It's a very pivotal moment in the company's history. Yeah. Yeah, because their TV uh, contracts are going to be coming up in the next year or two, right? Right. And I'm very sure that they're looking to get off the USA Network. How cool would it be if Monday Night Raw would be on NBC Monday nights? I think that's what they're trying to do because it just doesn't make it just doesn't equate where you have, you know, SmackDown is on Fox, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you have Raw on the USA Network. Yep. You gotta have yep. Raw, the flagship program, on a big, big network. Yeah. NBC. Fox, and then you got NXT on USA, which that makes sense. That makes sense. Keep them there. Yeah. Keep them there. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we went over as always. We always have pre-show meetings where we talk about not going over and then we go over. So. Well, I, hey, you know what? With this one, though, we didn't necessarily talk about that. We just said, hey, let's stick with the pay-per-view, and that's what we've been doing, really. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah, so yeah, no no knock points in that one, brother. <laughs> Plus, it's been a, last time you and I did a show together, was WrestleMania predictions. So, yeah, I mean, but we can't just go 40 minutes or nothing like that. Got to give people a super show. So, so we have one more match, which I think is the, the men's money in the bank match. Yeah. And the contestants in that, contestants, uh, the uh, opponents or competitors or, God, what's behind door number one? All right. We got Ricochet, we got John Drip Drip Morrison, mm-hmm. we got Riddle who uh, recently his uh, court case was uh, dismissed. Um, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. That is an all-star lineup, man, for a Money in the Bank match. That's going to be a great match. I wouldn't be surprised if that opens up the show. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Open up the show. Yeah. Because this is the first time. Listen, you need... This is the first time that you've had a full house and you need a really good opener because nothing's going to be hotter than that opener. Yeah. So I think that that's what they're going to do. We're going to start the, the night off with that. You wouldn't start it off with the women's? No. Well, which, well, out of the two, which one do you think will be the strongest? The men's. The men's? Right. Yeah. The men's and, and and again, it's not a sexist comment because there's been years where the women's Royal Rumble has been better than the men's Royal Rumble. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I just think that based off of the talent that's there, um, the men with the all-star talent. I mean, you you have guys like Ricochet and John Morrison and even Riddle that can do that, some amazing things off with a ladder. ladder, right? Oh, and Nakamura. Remember years ago, it was 2016, I think it was, right? Uh, we saw uh, that showdown between AJ and Nakamura, which got everybody excited. That almost got everybody excited at the same levels as when we saw the final two Royal Rumble entrants 
uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in 2017. Right. Because it was like, oh, this is going to be good, man. And people clamored for the one-on-one match. Right. Of course, AJ and Nakamura didn't live up to the hype as <laughs> Undertaker and Shawn. But right. yes. that, that wasn't because of their ability. That was because of the bookings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So uh, we talked about, I kind of, it was kind of like a spoiler for me, but we talked about Seth Rollins. So I think Seth Rollins is going to. Really? We talked about the, the scenario of him trying to cash in and all that. So I think that uh, there's no other better explanation or, or place to go than Seth Rollins. You know, as much as I like the idea that you laid out earlier about that, and if Seth were to win, obviously that would play out really well. At the same time, I kind of, especially with live fans coming back, I kind of don't want to see a situation where somebody cashes in money in the bank the same night they won it. Um, I would really love to see some longevity here. But if, if, if you got two different scenarios, right? Cash in the same night or you, you play it out. You cash in the same night, Seth Rollins is your guy. If you want somebody to win this and play it out until it's time for them to like really become like a big name, then I I go with Big E. Hmm. Now that would make sense if we go back to the universe of what Kofi Kingston is a heel. Yeah. Big E wins it. This sets up a match. Big E versus Coffee Kingston for the championship at SummerSlam. Okay. With um, Xavier Woods as a special guest referee or something. Ooh, okay. I like that. You can take it where Xavier Woods never got turned on by Coffee Kingston. And, you know, that never happened. And then now he's. Coffee's telling Xavier, come and join me, and let's forget all this goofiness. And then you have Big E, you know, they have their face to face. Like, that would be a very good match where you would have all three elements that would make it very intriguing for SummerSlam. Yeah. But and you, and you got that tug of war going on. Right. That's the only way that I would get Big E to win because when he was the Intercontinental Champion, um, there wasn't really anything there. Well, you kind of got to look at the pool of challengers on that level compared to the pool of challengers in the main event scene, too. But did he put on a good enough match that made you want to say, okay, I believe he's a legitimate main event? I, I, I think the what Hay and Apollo Crews did, I enjoyed very much. Um, I, you know, certain opponents just like with everyone else, not just Big E. Um, you know, you got to have the right dance partner in the ring. Um, I, I think Big E would have uh, great chemistry with Kofi in the ring, considering the size differences and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, think, they, I, I think, think I think it would be a good match. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But do you think that he has a legitimate chance? I, yeah, I do. Um, because I think of some of the challengers they could throw at Big E that I think would be really good matches. Uh, Big E and Ricochet, Big E and, and Riddle. Um, if Big E and Seth Rollins, I think, would be a hell of a match. 
uh, Big E and AJ. I think they had some matches in the past that were pretty good over on SmackDown. I, th- I think Big E would have a really good list of challengers in the ring that he did chemistry with. From a character standpoint, what kind of stories you could pull, don't know yet. But well, I know in well, the ring as far as good matches. And that's my problem because that's, that's, that's kind of an AEW problem. You yeah. have really good matches, but your storyline doesn't mean anything. And even if the match is not that great, you could have the storyline save it to see what happens on the next level of the of, of, of you know competition between these two people. Like AEW is already recycling storylines. You get the MJF Cody Rhodes. Cody has to do all these things to have a match with MJF, and they're doing the same thing with Jericho and MJF. Jericho has to do all these things to have a match with MJF. It's stupid. Yeah, the storyline is not compelling. That makes you want to tune in, especially these guys fought each other multiple times and two multiple, you know, high level matches to now have this one on one match. But now you have to do all these things. It's stupid as dumb. But this yeah. goes back to the WWE. You have no, like, it doesn't make any sense for Big E to be in a championship situation when you're still coming out and being goofy. We just had yeah, but, him on SmackDown in a foot bath, <laughs> cheering as Nakamura came out and was being played in the ring by electric guitar. Like, I can't take you as a serious champion when we need to have people tune into Raw because there's going to be something that's different there that they haven't been getting. And I just think that we've been getting this character of Big E for a long time. I just don't think it's, we need to drop this goofiness. He's not in the new day anymore. So if you have evolved from that group, just like when there was the Shield, every member of the Shield evolved from really their persona in the Shield. Yeah. So we have to evolve from it. Like you can't come out doing the splits and all that crap. I, I totally agree with you on that, but I, I think, in my opinion, I think this is all just assuming on if he wins money in the bank and then ca- cashes it in and wins a belt within the next 30 days. Or forgetting the fact that you can win money in the bank and you have one year to cash it in. And I think you could do a lot of things in one year to change Big E and get him ready for that big cash in. Doesn't have to be in next 30 days or 40 days 60 days you got a year this could be like uh the go home to money in the bank next year that he cashes in you know he's got 20 or 48 hours to cash it in you know and he does uh changes character in, in the next year they got the draft coming up they could shuffle a lot of things around he could be in a situation after the draft where he's got players on that same roster that can get him to where he needs to be while he has the money in the bank briefcase lingering in the background um i would agree if the wwe was not in the position that they're in right now and the position that they're in right now is that they have to find lightning in a bottle to bring the ratings up immediately. Having a long-term storyline with Big E right now is not what they need going into SummerSlam and beyond. They're trying to get people to look back at their programming. So I think they need a quick fix 
that will have people like, oh my God, what just happened? So I don't think that building up Big E towards next year, it just sucks that the money in the bank is so fast, right? Because normally um, the money in the bank would have took the place of Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And what pay-per-view would normally be right now? Um, I think like in the past, they did like Extreme Rules in July. Last year, I think it was Extreme Rules. It was the horror show, remember? Yes. The eye for an eye match. Yes, which was a good match. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's, here's, here's an idea, okay, about a Big E money in the bank. This is hilarious that out of all these guys, Big E's like the one guy that we're talking big time about. Um, what if Big E were to win money in the bank and then around the draft time, like Big E gets moved over or actually let's forget the draft. Big E decides, I don't want the universal title. I don't want the WWE title. He goes on the mic. He goes, you know what? I was, I was top dog over at NXT. And I saw the Finn Balor made the jump back over there and he ran the show. I want to do the same thing. And he cashes in at NXT. It gets the belt and has a really good solid run over there. What about that? Would that be something you might be interested in? No. <sighs> okay. Is, listen, <laughs> it's, it's a great, we got to drop this crap. Big E, that's the only thing. If we went back to the five count, Three enough. I need ninety-five. Then we're back to that Biggie, Biggie Langston, Biggie. Yeah. Then maybe we're talking. Okay. But this goofy crap, we gotta drop it. I know. I'm with you on that. I mean, just because I'm saying like do this with them doesn't mean that I'm saying keep the character. I mean, you, you know, can always do something with them. You know who would work in that role, and it would make a lot of sense, mm. and they would make a lot of money, and they would build them up, and it would just be completely different and completely good. And when they brought him back to the main roster, he would be an instant main event guy. Samoa Joe? No. <laughs> even though even though he's there, right? Yeah, yeah. Cesaro. Cesaro. You mean yeah. what? Put Cesaro on NXT? Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm down. Can you imagine Cesaro? He's Cesaro, had, Cesaro versus Karrion Cross. Listen, the matches that he had with Sammy, Sammy Zayn. Oh yeah. And NXT, like, they were match of the year candidates. I don't know why they just didn't keep Cesaro on NXT at that time. They weren't doing nothing with him. Right, because they were, were, what they need to bring back, because he's no longer there, is they need to make that pick a fight gimmick, his gimmick. Because remember during that time period, he said, I may just show up to NXT and pick a fight. Remember that when he was doing that whole that's what he needs to. We need to bring that back. Okay, that, I'm down make, with that. Make make that his. That's that's yours. Pick a fight. That's yours. I love it. <laughs> bring bring him the freaking NXT. And now he has a legitimate opportunity to become the champion here and have a long run. Yeah. And make him into something. There he will be able to have enough time on the mic to talk. There, they will have enough time to develop his character with Sean and Triple H directly and Road Dog. Have that be a situation where he's there. 
and when we can make him a main event guy and we bring him back, then now he can go to the top. I think that makes more sense than Big E. And do you think about the kind of people he can work with? You you would need guys that could bump well for him. And I I'm just imagining play. I'm just imagining Cesaro versus Johnny Gargano. Cesaro versus uh, oh my god uh, Adam Cole man. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean he worked well with the big guys too. Like I was saying before, uh, Cesaro versus Karrion Cross. That would be phenomenal. He would make Karrion Cross look like a million bucks. <laughs> Which uh, Karen already does himself, but yeah, I get what you're saying. The first match that he had with Finn Balor was not that great. Second match was much better. Yeah. After that, he's had great matches. Imagine if, all right, not only if you move Cesaro to NXT, imagine if you bring Keith Lee back to NXT and you got Keith Lee and Cesaro going at it. Yeah, I would. I would see. That's the thing. I'm keeping. I'm. I would bring back, if we're going to bring back guys back to NXT, we need to bring back, um, what's his name? T-Bar? Not T-Bar. Okay, yeah, what's one his, of those guys. Yeah, the, the guy who was Dominic whatever, feast your eyes. Yeah, Di, uh, Dijakovic. Di, Dijakovic. It's a very difficult name to remember. Dijakovic. Yeah. If you, if you bring him back to NXT, and now he's not running into a wall, which the wall was always keeping. And you build him up again. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Have that black guy with the braids have him part of the hurt business. All right, there you go. That's that. Yeah. He can get over for that. Yep. It would very well benefit from that. Yep. But it's just, it's just about shuffling. Um, but yeah. Last thing, yeah. What did you think about Mandy Rose appearing in this? How you feel about? Um, I did okay. I didn't watch the episode, but my reaction when I saw the uh, the picture on on Twitter not long after it happened, uh, one I was a little surprised, and second I thought, huh, okay, this is going to be interesting. I, I should probably watch NXT, which I think I will tonight. Um, to see not only because I only seen a photo right screenshot of it I have not actually seen any video so I don't know what the reaction is and don't tell me I want to I want to wait to see it myself I want to know what the crowd reaction is I think just based off of seeing the photo I think it's kind of cool um, I'm looking forward to seeing what she could do down there uh, hone her skills a little more make a name for herself she's got a great look dude man mandy rose beautiful. looks like a superstar beautiful and it worked oh, i think she yeah she was better than heel remember the whole yes remember the whole thing with uh jimmy Uso and naomi yes yeah i do that was very very good tv that was amazing tv as uh as tropey as it was, yeah, it, it, but it was still freaking good. She she is one of those characters that it, if a great player for the team, if you could fit the puzzle piece in the right spot of the puzzle. And I think a move to NXT is a, is a move in the right direction. 
because people that are running NXT right now, they're not in the bubble. They think outside the box. They were, they've been able to take people that you wouldn't think can get over and they get them over. It's like ECW in a way. Yeah. So what they, they said uh, in, in Beyond the Mat, which I just recently rewatched again. I hadn't seen it in like over, well over a decade. But the other day I rewatched it. And there was a thing that, um, that Blostein, Barry Blostein, the, the narrator, director, and all that stuff, he, he said when talking about uh, ECW at that time and Beyond the Mat, he said ECW is like Ellis Island. It's where the old guys go there to get their shine back or something like that, and the young guys to get a name for themselves. And I, that's in the WWE universe, that's what NXT is right now. Yeah. 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 But let's move back over real quick, uh, give our official prediction for this men's money in the bank match. Who's who's your pick? Um, like I said, the my pick was uh, Seth Rollins. Okay, I like the scenario. Uh, Seth Rollins would be a credible winner. He's won it before. I could see it happening. I would normally go with him. He'd be like he would be like my number two. I'd go with Big E as my number one, but they're not too far apart from each other. It could be a coin flip between those two. With all due respect, to everyone else in the match. Um, as long as Drew McIntyre doesn't win, I'd be happy either way with whoever wins. I think that to, to, to add more heat to the gender match, um, gender's running because it's a no disqualification match. Yeah. So I think gender's going to take a mile in this boat. Yeah. Okay. I think this has potential to be a really good pay per view on Sunday. You know, they did that corny bike spot, though. <laughs> Did you see? I, I forgot who tweeted it out. It was an official WWE account too that tweeted it out. I don't know if it's a real product or not, but there's a playset with a Drew McIntyre action figure with that motorcycle, and it's called like the Wreck the Bike series or something. Oh my God. I don't know if it's a real product or not, but I have to give them a lot of credit for coming up with something like that so fast to put out there on social media. That was funny as hell when I saw that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Mac, before we head out, uh, any shout-outs, plugs, final advice, words of wisdom? Uh, check out the Sean Show on YouTube. Um, like I said, uh, we're going to be diving in uh, to AEW, and uh, this show is entitled, um, What About the Writing? AEW, What About the Writing? Um, we're going to talk about uh, what, and I kind of touched on it today, um, what is AEW doing in terms of creating compelling storylines with all of these new hired people? What are they doing? So we're going to get into that. Check us out on YouTube. You guys can get a link to The Sean Show over on ringscoops.com right there. Boom on the menu, The Sean Show. Click it. Subscribe. Hit that bell icon to get notifications. When Mac puts up new episodes, definitely check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you want to check out Ring Scoops on social media, we are on all the major platforms, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube, TikTok, at Ring Scoops is the name, twitch.tv slash Ring Scoops, which hopefully soon we have a, I've got something in the works for Twitch. 
that I think you will all like, especially you, Mac. I, I know you're, you're going to like this. Um, and also, uh, for WrestlingTees.com slash Ringscoops, and one last thing before we head out, we are in talks with a handful of people to make special appearances in the future here on the Ringscoops podcast. I don't want to, I don't want to name out any names just yet, but I will give you guys a teaser as to one of the many names that will be here soon on the Ringscoops podcast. It's summertime. It's July. It's hot outside. And we're having a lot of sunny days lately, ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of McEvall, I'm the webmaster Wade Needham. This is the Ring Scoops Podcast. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Good night. And be cool.